Welcome to episode three. What's the real value of work placements, volunteering and internships? In this episode, Roehampton's Placements and Business Engagement Manager, Sam Cooper, explains the key differences between varying types of work experience and discusses how students and alumni can proactively build skills and gain professional experience whilst working or studying full time. Hi everybody and welcome back to our employability series. We are here with episode two and joined by Sam Cooper. Sam, thanks so much for coming on to join me on the Roehampton podcast this afternoon. Thank you so much for having me. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your connection to the university? Sure, absolutely. So uh, my name is Sam Cooper, and I'm the Senior Placements and Business Engagement Manager, um, working in the Department of Alumni Development and Careers. But my main role is actually working with our postgraduate students at Roehampton Business School and supporting um, those students that do a placement year as part of their degree program. So I do a lot of work in employability workshops with students, and I also do a lot of work with employer engagement and, and working with businesses that want to host students in placements. Great. And I wanted to talk a lot about work placements. So the, the, the um, title of today's podcast is all about kind of what the real value of work placements and volunteering and internships are. So would you recommend that students undertake a placement while studying for their degree? And if so, can you talk me through what you think some of the top benefits are? Yeah, absolutely. So yes, I really do believe students should do work experience as as part of their degree. I think it's one thing to study in a classroom um, that is valuable, but it's an entirely other thing to experience the real world of working and the environment and and kind of getting an inside view of an industry or a job um, from actually doing it. So I think you know gaining work experience, in my opinion, should be really automatic for every student that's doing a degree, whether that's undergrad or, or postgrad. Um, and it's also something you can continue, obviously, throughout your, your entire career, even after you graduate. Um, and the benefits, I think, of doing work experience are huge and are really valued by employers. Uh, so, gosh, there's so many where to start, but I think work experience can help students really gain that knowledge, skills and experience um, and develop skills that employers look for. Um, it helps students improve, I guess, their understanding of a particular job or industry. Um, again, from the textbook, it's hard to know what it's really like to work, for example, in marketing or business or PR um, or engineering, et cetera. Um, and so by doing work experience, you can kind of see it from the inside and figure out what you don't like, what you do like, also what you're good at and not good at. And you can't really do that in the classroom. You have to just get out and try it. Um, and work experience is, it gives you that opportunity to talk to employers and give examples of what you've done that are outside the classroom. And it's perfect for networking opportunities. A nice long list there. <laughs> yeah, there's more, but I'll stop it there. <laughs> Tons of benefits to, to yeah. work placements. Good. And can you tell us a bit about the differences between placements, internships and volunteering? Yeah, this is a common question. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, a placement or an internship or volunteering, it's all under this umbrella of work experience. Um, so it's, again, this idea of 
using the knowledge that you're gaining in the classroom, but putting it into practice in a real world environment. Uh, and placement versus an internship, for example, there are some differences in terms of length, um, usually, and if they're related to your degree or not, maybe you're doing it as part of a course and earning credit, but maybe it's extracurricular. But the differences are really subtle. And for the most part, employers don't really pay attention to those. Um, so they might offer an internship that really means a placement or a placement that really means an internship. Um, again, the main thing to focus on is, you know, is an employer offering a work experience opportunity uh, where you're able to gain experience, work on a project, learn more about yourself, and then help the company at the same time. And volunteering would also, I'd say, fall under that umbrella. Uh, when we think about volunteering, I think we think a little bit more about giving back to the community, which is absolutely true. Uh, so maybe the focus more is on helping um, an organization in your community, focusing on a particular issue that you feel passionate about and, and gaining work experience in that way. But it's still work experience, whether you're volunteering part time, uh, even if you're if you're not working in an office, um, maybe you're just working with other volunteers. That is still valuable work experience that employers um, see the value if you put it on your CV and if you've had that experience before. I'm glad that we've been able to kind of decipher between those. <laughs> like you, <laughs> you say, it's a quite a common question. People kind of lump them all together. There are some differences, yeah. but overall, it's just gaining, like you say, greater experience outside of the classroom. Yeah. And I, sorry, I was just going to say, and I think, you know, we talk about the value a lot, but I think what employers you know, when, when they're looking at work experience and the reason why they take on students, it, it's really because of the value that it brings to their organization, but also the value it brings to the future workforce. So employers really do look to offer these opportunities because they know it creates a pathway for, for students and graduates um, into the workforce and hopefully their workforce. And would you say, that, you know, um, how, how valuable would you say that employers deem work placements and internships both here and internationally? Yeah, I think whether they're domestic or international, employers hugely value real world experience. Um, and there's been lots of research around how employers even value having practical work experience over the university that you go to or the grades that you have, because it's demonstrating to an employer that you've you've been um, in an office and you've gained skills around um, generic work skills. You know how to work in an office, you know how to communicate with others and, and within a team. Um, and that could be the simplest thing of how to write an email um, or how to navigate who to work with or who to ask questions. Uh, but it also demonstrates um, uh, that you can, as they say, hit the ground running, that you're work ready. So if you've had that work experience and it's on your CV, which it should be, uh, <laughs> then it, uh, an employer can quickly see, oh, they've already, they're, they're already demonstrating that they're interested in this field or they're interested in being part of the workforce and, and that they've already gained these particular skills. Um, and that demonstrates to employer, great, they're ready to do this. They're ready to come in and be work ready. Great. Which aspects of work placement on internship are considered most valuable to employers, would you say, and should be highlighted on a CV? So where would somebody listening in position their work experience um, and thereafter kind of which aspects of their work mm. experience should be highlighted and flagged? Yeah. Great question. Also, super common question. Uh, so if you have work experience, whether it's paid or unpaid, you should highlight it under the experience section of your CV. Um, 
so work experience of any kind, again, even if it's volunteering or an internship or a placement or even work shadowing, those things you can and should highlight under your experience. And then what you should highlight is actually a really key important point about how to write a CV. Um, so the caveat here is that every CV should be tailored to each indiv individual employer. Um, but that doesn't mean that all of the work that you've done in a particular work experience placement or internship or volunteer um, role um, doesn't have value to all employers um, if you're looking at different jobs. So my big piece of advice is that you really want to highlight to an employer not only what you did, but the impact that you had and quantify it if possible. So what does that mean? <laughs> okay, so if you were working at a company and were a social media manager or intern, you can put on your CV social, manage social media channels. That is not the best way, however, to highlight your experience. A better way, as I said, is to show the impact that you had. Um, so you might, a better way of putting that would be to say something like, uh, manage social media channels and mention some of the channels that, that you manage, like TikTok and all the things that the youth use these days. Um, and also say that you grew their social media following by 10% through a targeted content campaign or, or something like that. So you're showing you've grown their following by a number. You're quantifying the impact that you had. So it just, it demonstrates to employer not only that you did that work, but you understand the importance of the work that you did so that when they're looking at your CV, they can say, oh, great, this person's already done this. I know that they can work on this project uh, for us. I like that a lot. Impact, okay, impact, good. impact. Oh yeah, yes. always demonstrate your value and show your impact. I say that a lot. Demonstrate <laughs> your value. Great, I'm taking that away. I'm taking that away from today's podcast <laughs> myself. Um, so moving on, you're an advocate for experimental education, which is absolutely sure. fantastic. Can you explain what that means and how listeners can adopt it? Sure. Um, I am super passionate about uh, sort of experiential education and work-based learning. And all that means is that um, you're learning by doing. Um, again, it's one thing to learn in the classroom and to research and um, write papers and have a critical mind and critical thinking skills, but then to take those into a workplace and show how you can do that using those skills um, to work on real world business examples. Um, and so that's all that means is that I, I feel quite passionate that if you're studying a certain degree, that during that time you're studying, you should really get into a business or company or a voluntary organization to show what it looks like in a real world setting. I know I say that a lot, um, but I think it's, it's really, it, it, it's impactful, I think, for education as a whole. You know, I think to have a successful career, you cannot just do. Uh, you have to do and learn. And it's really easy to just do. I have this project, I'm just going to do it. Um, but what's more impactful is to learn as you go so that you can learn by your mistakes, learn by your successes. Um, you not only learn about yourself, and again, what you're good at, what you're bad at, what you like, what you don't like. Uh, but then you learn um, how that can benefit an employer and how the types of jobs and roles and projects that you want to work on in the future that you really can bring value to. You don't know right away when you're starting your career. If you do, that's fantastic. But most of us, we have to have a series of trial and error to discover 
where our niche is, what our unique selling points are, and how we can really um, make an impact on the business world or the world as a whole. Um, so that's kind of what I mean by work-based learning and experiential education is I think there's real power in getting out and doing and learning by doing. Which is brilliant. Again, <laughs> so much invaluable advice and insight that you're giving us um, this afternoon, Sam. Thank you. And um, I would say that I'm sure some listeners will be thinking, well, I'm studying for a degree. It takes up a lot of my time. I've got a lot of coursework and exams are coming up. How do I do this whilst also, you know, managing um, the demands of, of a degree, whether postgrad or um, undergrad? What would your advice be? Yeah, absolutely. And I, that's a great question. And I do think there's ways, no matter what degree you're studying, even if it doesn't have a work experience that's part of the degree, um, that there's ways that you can give yourself that experience. Uh, you can look at doing opportunities outside your studies. So perhaps during the summer or during breaks where you can do internships. Obviously, the summer is a really busy time for students to do internships, and there's lots of internships over the summer period. They're shorter in term, they can be full-time or part-time, um, and so that's one way to do it. There's also lots of ways throughout the year, if you're able to do part-time, uh, that you can work alongside your degree. And then I think something that, that students don't use a lot as a way to gain knowledge and experience in their field of interest is actually to do something I, that I call informational interviews. Uh, it's more of an American term, but I'm bringing it to the UK <laughs> because I think it's a really powerful tool. Um, and an informational interview is simply when you find someone that is working already in your area of interest. They might be um, just what, you know, an early career professional, they might be further along in their career. And you simply ask them, you email them, you contact them on LinkedIn and you ask them, uh, to talk about themselves, to share their career journey, um, what they like and don't like about their career, share maybe some of the realities of what it's like to work in that industry. Um, these are short conversations. They tend to be about 20 to 30 minutes. And the beauty of them is that people love to talk about themselves. And so you should let them talk about themselves. Um, so these are that's a really powerful tool. That's something you can always do in your studies. You should do for the rest of your career. Um, I've gotten several jobs just from doing informational interviewing uh, because I kept in contact with those people. They introduced me to other people. And, and some of them, I learned I didn't want to do that. That was not a job I wanted to do because they talked about it. And I realized, no, no, thank you very much. That is not for me. Um, so that's that I would count as um, some valuable work experience. You can't necessarily put that on your CV, uh, but it can steer you in the right direction and it can give you those contacts and networking contacts that are really valuable for the future. Fantastic. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're so welcome. I'm, I'm addicted to informational interviews, so I'll talk about that anytime you want. <laughs> We hope that this episode is helping you demystify the world of placements and that you tune in next time to hear more about me. Yes, you did hear me correctly. I will be guest speaker, giving you an honest, upfront and personal account of my journey from Roehampton undergrad to climbing the corporate ladder to starting my own business and my route back into education after a decade. Don't miss it. Sam, thank you so much for joining us for our second episode of our employability series. It's so great to have you on, on today's show. And also, you're just so 
You've got so much knowledge and wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> I try really hard. I always tell people I'm a trier. <laughs> so thank you. A, a large part of your role at the University of Roehampton is to grow employer opportunities and forge yeah. those strong relationships and, and place gra- postgraduates in roles. So how, I can imagine COVID-19 restrictions has made that rather difficult. How has yeah. employers overcome this challenge? And do you think that perhaps virtual placements might be something that we see post-pandemic? Yeah, absolutely. It's been um, almost a lifetime of change in a year, I think, for this concept of the future of work. Uh, and I think people that were already working in distributed teams, right? So we're already working remotely or companies that were already that way. Um, I think saw this coming, but I think for a lot of small businesses, um, particularly SMEs, it was hard to transition. Um, but what is nice about working in, in my area is that I'm constantly talking to employers. And so while the impact has been huge, really for everyone, and, and we know that, um, it's also been inspiring to see how employers are still doing what they do. They're still working. And effectively, they're still hiring and they're still hiring students and graduates. It may be uh, slow at the moment and it I anticipate it will pick up. Uh, but as you said, the biggest change we've seen is that people have moved to remote or virtual uh, working experiences. So not just for students, but for everyone. So not just remote internships, but remote working. And I think we've all had to learn this year how to do that very quickly and are learning uh, sort of best practices for that. I myself believe that remote working is here to stay. And I think it has some really powerful benefits that are are good for both students and employers. Uh, One of them just being uh, the the geography of it. There's more opportunity for students internships, for example, and placements that are virtual um, across the UK. Whereas before, if you couldn't move, if you couldn't go to another part of the UK, you wouldn't really be able to take advantage of that. Um, so that I'd say is is one of the benefits. So I absolutely believe that remote work experience is here to stay. And I really see the benefits for both employers and students because it's really going to open up more opportunities um, for both parties because employers will have access to students again from all over the UK and internationally as well. Uh, and students will have opportunities Um, can look at opportunities all over the UK as well as internationally. Sounds great. What tips would you give to students and alumni who are now out there actually in the world of work but want to continue proactively building their skills and gaining professional experience outside of their day-to-day roles? Yeah, that's a great question. There's two main things that come to mind and the first is on the networking side. No matter what role you're in, even if it's not your dream job, there's always the opportunity to network and learn from other people. And that could be networking within your organization, you know, asking other colleagues out for coffee or a Zoom session to, to learn more about what they do. Um, it could also be networking with people within your industry that are not in your current company um, and using those tools, like I suggested about informational interviewing and and just really broadening your network um, and learning more, taking it as a learning opportunity. I think the other big thing that many people are talking about right now, higher education employers, is this concept of upskilling. And there's so much opportunity to do that right now, really at little to no cost, uh, because we've seen this growth of Uh, online courses, again, that can be free or or very little cost that everyone can access. There's a great uh, resource for that actually here in London. They're called Future Learn. They have a lot of online courses. Um, There's also the big ones, Coursera and 
online university, et cetera. But these are things that employers, they'll see what you've done in a pandemic, for example, or they'll see what you've done in your career, not just the current job that you have, but that you've taken the chance to do an online course and learn about digital marketing or data analytics or counseling or something, you know, a language. These are all things that you can do in your own time and shows how proactive you are. It shows that you're a lifelong learner uh, and it, it's giving you those skills. You can get certificates for that that you should absolutely put on your CV. Uh, and it's your, again, your chance to upskill while you're, before you're taking your next step. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, careers aren't linear. There's lots of chops and changes as you go. And this could just be, you know, one of those paths that you take um, to get to your next step. I'm a big advocate for continuously learning in my own time. So I'm all about that. I'm a huge champion of that. And like you say, um, there is a lot of resources out there that are, are free. Um, I know that yeah. I've, I've undertaken quite a few on and Google Garage. They've got quite a number of oh, yeah. there as yes, well. Yes, they do now. And Absolutely. Awesome. You get a certificate and everything. So, yeah, yeah. definitely. And, and so to wrap up, I want to bring us to a point where we can actually equip our listeners with the tools and the resources. So could you give us maybe a rundown or a list of those courses and those resources that you think are going to be most helpful to, to our listeners? Sure, sure, absolutely. So, I mean, my my top resource that I use all the time um, is LinkedIn. So if you're not on LinkedIn, get on LinkedIn. Even if you don't use it actively, it's a great way to stay up to date on trends within your industry of interest. You can follow people, you can follow companies. You don't necessarily have to connect with them to see what they're talking about. You know, what 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 are people saying about your, your industry of interest? Also, obviously there's jobs that are listed there, um, but it, it's kind of where thought leaders hang out and it's really growing. Uh, it's, it's one UK uses LinkedIn enormously. And so it'd be silly if you're job hunting and wanting to grow in your career, not to be on LinkedIn and using it even just as a resource for information. Uh, There's also lots of great websites out there uh, just to learn more about career topics. So if you want to get that killer CV, which is really important, um, there's great websites like Prospects, or target jobs that have great resources and CV examples uh, and can really walk you through that. Uh, There's also lots of websites just to search for jobs. One of my favorite little websites is called Work in Startups. Uh, I believe they started in London, I don't know. Uh, And they post a lot, a lot of startups post jobs there. Startups are a great way to get work experience because you get exposure to an entire company. You might be in marketing, but guess what? You'll be sitting next to the CEO and someone in operations is gonna sit across from you. So you you really get exposure to everything. Uh, And I recently learned about The Dots, which I believe is a website for more creative professionals. But my biggest piece of advice is you know, use your Google and LinkedIn wisely, find some companies that are interesting to you and follow them, follow them on social media, see what they're talking about, see what jobs they're, they're posting. Sam, thank you so, so, so You're much. You're so welcome. Honestly, I've, I've taken away so much from this discussion today, <laughs> which I wasn't expecting to do. So no doubt our listeners are just going to find this, you know, Um, the last half an hour just so insightful so thank you for your time once again and for joining me on on our second episode thank you so much it was so nice to meet you